Well, it's good to have you back with us. Another edition of Death Taxes and Duval. I'm Rick Ballou alongside Hayes Carline. First things first, Hayes, let's say hello to our sponsor. Yeah, appreciate Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. My friend John Spicklemeyer uh, does such a great job. Saved me a lot of money when it comes to car insurance. Again, you need to have somebody look at your policy if it's been a while. You might be paying for things you really don't need. Uh, and and John is a is a great resource for that. You can reach him at four seven one seven one five five. Once again, that is Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Save money on your car insurance with John Spicklemeyer. Yes, outstanding. All right, uh, roster wise, let's begin with the offense. Um, yeah, how much better is this team right now, at least on paper, uh, than it was a year ago? Obviously, with the wide receivers coming in, new tight end coming in, right guard coming in. We know what we've done. Uh, we know what they've done in the past, and you know to kind of forecast what they're going to be able to do here now is uh, is always a very intriguing uh, scenario. But just on the surface, how much better do you think this offense is? I think it's substantially better on paper. You know, I understand criticisms of you know should they have done more in the draft to help Trevor Lawrence because uh, Fortner was really the only addition there. But I think when you look at a uh, subtraction versus addition. You have to think that on paper they're significantly better. Uh, again, a big part of that too starts with you lose Urban Meyer, who never really had an idea of of how to run an offense in the NFL, and you bring in Doug Peterson, who obviously has a ton of expertise. But when you look at the players, you lose DJ Chark, who gave you 150 yards and two touchdowns last year because he got hurt. Uh, you lose Brandon Linder, who was you know steady when he was out there, but you can never really count on that. And you lose Andrew Norwell at left guard, who was okay, a pretty good player, but certainly not spectacular. So those are the three significant uh, losses that I would say. No one else, I don't think, qualifies as a significant loss. You bring in Christian Kirk. You bring in Brandon Sheriff, who's a five-time pro bowler at right guard. You bring in Evan Ingram at tight end, Zay Jones. uh, And then you add Fortner. So to me, you've lost three players of significance you know but you have now gained you know six players of 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 note and uh you know and and i think when you look at it to me that makes a big difference i mean i think sheriff is much better than linder or norwell i i think christian kirk's better than anything that they had at receiver last year i i you know and i'm really excited about the potential of evan ingram you know rick that may be something where i'm overvaluing it uh, and, and hopefully he'll be able to give them at least 14 games. You, you have to figure based on his history, he's not going to give you a 17, but if he could give them 14. And, and Zay Jones, I think, will at least be what they weren't last year. He'll be reliable. He'll run the right route. He's going to catch the ball when it's on him. I, you know, I, Will he separate as much as you'd love? He, maybe not, you know, but I do think he'll, he'll be trustworthy in terms of if he's open. Uh, he is going to catch it, and and you can count on when you know Trevor drops back. Trevor's going to be able to count on Zay Jones is going to be in the right spot. So I think offensively, it's, it's significantly better. What do you think? Well, yeah, and, and you know a great point there about the tight ends. You go back to the year they won the Super Bowl. Zach Ertz actually led the team in receiving. Uh, Doug Peterson has always been a a big fan of of using the tight end and uh, the addition of Ingram. And even though it's a very comfortable deal for year for him, it's, it's more than $9 million, a one-year contract. It's still in a lot of circles is a, is a show me year contract where I'm, I'm sure he'd like to put up some huge numbers and then re up either here or somewhere else for three or four more years. 
Uh, also, on the flip side, I mean, injured guys. Dan Arnold, I was incredibly impressed with him in the limited amount of time that, that he played here a year ago. Jamal Agnew's a guy that's going to be able to come back. We haven't seen Travis Etienne, uh, who could bring a totally different you know dimension to, uh, to, to run and catch the ball. Uh, here in Jacksonville. So all of that is impressive. You know, I, I looked at Christian Kirk and I was interested when, you know, Hopkins missed some time and, and um, you know, the, some of the changes, Larry Fitzgerald, of course, uh, retired a year ago. And I, I thought we would see a little bit more of him as a true X wide receiver. I was actually surprised to see that his majority of his snaps a year ago did come in the slot. And I think that Jacksonville, you know, is set there. Um, we'll see, you know, does, does Kirk start there? And, and both Joneses are on the outside. I, I have a feeling we're going to be told that all three are interchangeable. But, you know, obviously my point is that there are more slot guys. Chenault's a slot guy. Agnew is a slot guy. Still a little concerned with this roster that they don't have that bona fide speed guy that can hopefully take um, you know, the top off the defense. And a lot of that is by design. A lot of that is in game when they're not expecting it. You take a shot. But do they have someone right now on this roster who has that type of speed that'll give that element uh, to Jacksonville? Because I, as far as I'm concerned, you can't compare arm strength and overall quarterback play when, you know, you look at Kyla Murray, who's successful because of his feet and, and, and some of his short stuff, compared to the way that Trevor Lawrence should be able to throw the football downfield. So there's an opportunity here to see a different Christian Kirk that we have not seen when he played out in the desert. So, you know, all of that for me is fascinating. Um, As far as I'm concerned, we have two starters right now on that offensive line. That's Cam at left tackle and, you know, Sheriff at right guard. We're going to have competition at left guard. We're going to have competition at center. And obviously, we're going to have perhaps the most spirited competition of uh, of training camp will be to see who wins that right tackle position. So, you know, all of that makes for an exciting camp. And, uh, yeah, I think on the offensive side, this is a much better roster than we saw a year ago. Yeah, and then what really I think surprised both of us is the amount of assets they've devoted to the defensive side of the ball. What What do you think about the defense when you look at what they've lost versus what they've gained there, Rick? You know, I love it. I, I love the front seven. I think there's a ton of ton of potential there. I think there's talent there. I, I'm just a little concerned about doing too much too soon. And, you know, Todd Bowles was so magnificent in Tampa Bay, and obviously Mike Caldwell learns for him. But it was, for the most part, a veteran group. Um, if you look at the six of the seven guys that they had there in Tampa – and they did so many different things. They moved them around all the time. And I, I think that that is what Mike Caldwell would love to do. And, and certainly you've got guys that are incredibly versatile. They can move around either linebacker or up on the edge. But I'm just, you know, I, I would love to hear that Trayvon Walker is going to be on the edge and only the edge. Yet most of the stuff I read, even though we talked with them, and, you know, he said that, that he wanted to be an edge guy. Uh, there's others that are writing that now he's going to start as an outside linebacker at a 3-4. So are they going to throw too much at him where, you know, he's an outside linebacker, then he moves to the edge, and all of a sudden becomes an obvious passing down, and, you know, they slide him inside the way that they used to with Calais Campbell and 
all of a sudden you got Lloyd coming from linebacker to the edge on the opposite side of, uh, of, um, you know, Allen and, you know, is, is Muma a guy who's on the field then and, and nickel as a, as a linebacker in coverage. So yeah, my head is spinning a little bit because I, I would like them to play at least primarily one position and maybe here and there move, but I, I'm just a little concerned again that there's too much to ask these guys to do as rookies as opposed to just letting them go out there and play football. Yeah, it's going to be really fascinating to see with, with Trayvon Walker what, what exactly they do because in, in one side of their mouth, they talk in Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson, they talk about what well, we love is versatility. We love everything that he was able to show at Georgia. But then they also say in, in basically the same breath, but we really want him to focus on one thing here and, and get get that one thing going, uh, which I, I do think that's smart. I mean, we've seen players come here and, you know, the coaching staff puts a lot on them and they can't really handle it uh, or they don't have them in the right spot. So uh, I think it, you know, Trayvon Walker, I think, is going to be just fascinating to see every time, you know, that we go out and we're able to watch a practice, whether it's rookie minicamp all the way through uh, training camp just to see what they are doing with him and and what is his protocol day in and day out? What is he working on? Uh, but, I mean, I think, you know, we talk a lot about how bad the offense was, uh, you know, 14.9 points a game, which is just unbelievably pathetic in this day and age. Uh, the other thing, too, is, and maybe maybe it got underplayed a little bit, uh, but maybe not so much in, in, in the building there, is, I mean, they could not, get the ball off the opponent last year. I mean, it was right. ridiculously bad. And I don't think you can put that on Joe Cullen. I don't think Joe Cullen was remotely the problem last year as defensive coordinator. So I don't think it was a scheme thing. I think you just you need players to get turnovers in this league. You need elite playmakers. And this defense did not have it. They had the fewest takeaways by a mile. I think the they were 32nd. I think 31 had five more. Uh, so it wasn't like they were, you know, well, you know, you get one or two here, you're now you're 28th in the league. They they were dead last by a mile. And it does yeah. make me wonder if uh, if if that was every bit the concern that that the offense uh, was, because you now go and get Walker Lloyd, as you mentioned, you spend on Aluakin. Uh, Fadakasi, Darius Williams in free agency. Uh, you go back at linebacker in the third round with Muma. Uh, and really, your only significant losses, I think, on defense were Miles Jack and Damian Wilson. I mean, everybody else that's gone, I don't, I wouldn't say is a significant loss. So, uh, I mean, again, I, I like offensively, I think you you see improvement on paper. I think defensively, it's it's a absolute home run. In terms of the two significant losses compared to the six significant free agents or draft picks that were invested on that side of the ball, yeah, you could have six new starters. Uh, you know, I'm including Andre Cisco in, in into that. You know, he obviously he was here a year ago, but uh, with the addition of the other five uh, players as well, it it, it is um, just incredible. I mean, they only had two fumble recoveries. Uh, 17 and, and 17 games, games. <laughs> two fumble recoveries is just uh is bizarre i believe they had seven interceptions and um you know i remember that actually uh, it was jeff logman who mentioned it during the final game of the year uh before they you know they had a pick six and they did some nice things against indianapolis but 
all year after turnovers, they had only scored six points going into the 18th week and 17th game. That is absolutely awful. And if you go back to the year that they went to the AFC Championship game in, in 2017, I want to say they had either five or six defensive touchdowns that year. We're not talking about turnovers now or takeaways. We're talking about touchdowns. And when your defense is able to give you that type of, uh, of effort and, and make a big play, I mean, just how valuable is it when your team can give you a, a, a three and out and send their offense back to the sideline and bring your offense right back out? Well, Jacksonville had – very few three and outs a year ago. And on top of that, they weren't able to make any big plays. Um, to me, two numbers that I, that I always study each and every week is the turnover takeaway ratio and the time of possession ratio. Um, even though Jacksonville has the uh, ability to work here and practice here and particularly, you know, maybe the first five or six weeks of the year when it's going to be incredibly hot, I don't care what type of shape you are in. If you're not controlling the ball, and have the time of possession clock working for you, you're going to be exhausted once you get deep into the third quarter and the fourth quarter as well. So it appears that they do have some more guys. I mean, you look at, at Muma and Lloyd, they both had a couple of pick sixes. I think they both had like four uh, interceptions. Uh, they do multiple things. But, yeah, I'm with you. This, this football team uh, did not have a nose for the ball last year defensively. And if they're going to turn this thing around, that's one of the major aspects that uh, is going to have to get better starting this year. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, we're only a couple days away from knowing the full uh, schedule. We know the opponents, obviously. We've known that for a while, but we'll get the order. Uh, do you have any uh, anything that you're keeping your eye on when it comes to the, the schedule for the Jaguars, which we'll find out Thursday evening? Yeah, you know, I don't think there'll be anything crazy, unfortunately, for Jag fans. I don't think there'll be a Monday nighter. Uh, you may get a Thursday night or perhaps a Sunday night game. I don't know if we'll have any of these four, you know, 405, 415 type starts. It would be nice, but, you know, you have to win and you have to win consistently in order to get those type of games. Uh, what I'm always interested in are the first two and last two. And it seems like Jacksonville every year, their last couple of games are on the road. Now, last year, they did have the season finale here against Indy. But the two weeks prior to that, the team is traveling to New York for Christmas. They're traveling to uh, Boston or Providence, Rhode Island uh, for New Year's. And, you know, I'm not complaining. This isn't uh, self-serving. I just wonder about young players, young families, wives, young kids at home. Um, hey, they make a lot of money, and everyone has to go through and, and make some sacrifices. But it, when you're losing ball games uh, the way the Jacksonville did a year ago, the last place you want to be is on the road for those two holidays. If this team is turning it around a little bit, they're playing 500 football, or you know, let's say they're a couple of games up, and yeah, they they've got a chance here to possibly get that that last wild card. Um, going on the road for the holidays, to me, is, uh, is an intangible that really works against them. So it would be nice to see at least one of those two, if not both this year, be in Jacksonville uh, to allow them to spend the holidays around here with their family. And, and uh, maybe the end result is they win a couple of games. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that's going to really stick out when we see it is 
the 17th game formula, the way it works is that 17th game for this season is a road game for the Jaguars. It was a home game last year. They played the Falcons. This year, it's a road game at Detroit. And so when you deal with that, it's it's especially unique for the Jaguars who are already giving up a home game in London uh, where they'll, we know that game. They'll play Denver in, in week eight on October 30th. Uh, so what I think is going to be what's going to pop is the amount of ats you're going to see on this schedule uh, because they're only going to play seven games in Jacksonville. Uh, right. So you're talking about seven games in Jacksonville, nine that are true road games, and then a tenth game that is a neutral, you know, it's it's technically a home game, but really it's a neutral site game in, in London, England. So, I, I mean, that's what, you know, I, I'm concerned about is it's hard to create any sort of, you know, mock schedule when you've only got seven of 17 games in your home city uh, to have anything that, you know, resembles a, a comfortable path. And so, I, you know, we talk about how difficult it is to go on the road back-to-back games. Well, they're going to have that. The league doesn't usually like to do three straight road games, uh, but you might see it with this, uh, with mm-hmm. this this kind of uh, a discrepancy. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be very interesting to see uh, in, in terms of the first two and the last two, Rick, because you know how much I, I love doing pointless things. I've actually created a mock schedule uh, on 1010XL.com, my schedule guess. I have the Jaguars going to Detroit to open the season because I the league, I think, likes to put two bad teams against each other early to kind of give one city some some early hope. And then that week two game is almost always a divisional game, uh, week one or week two. So I've got them hosting the Colts. Uh, but to your point about the road, uh, I've got three of their last four on the road. Uh, again, it's just it's one of those things that I think it's it's very difficult. It's going to be difficult for the schedule makers to provide Jacksonville with something that's going to look uh, not daunting because of uh, because of how it breaks down. Yeah, it's going to be that way every other year. If they continue to go to London and they, that extra game is on the road, it's it's uh, it's going to be an eyesore for Jag fans uh, the minute they review all 17 games. And you said three in a row is a rarity for the Jags or is a rarity on the road. Jacksonville's done it before now. Yeah, they've done it before a couple of times. So, and and that can become a nuisance. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to remember. Was it two years ago? Maybe three years ago? I don't, I, I don't remember for sure. But it, it felt like Jacksonville was away from home Six for like weeks. Uh, a four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the buy was in there. Right. It, the, the buy was in there, but I mean, it, they were gone for a long period of time. It included, you know, a London game, the buy, then then road game. Yeah, and then so, I think three road yeah, that games. Could, Yep, that that could create a, a an issue. All right, uh, you and I will be out there on Friday. We're going to get a, and Saturday. We're going to get an opportunity uh, to take a look at the the rookies. Uh, you know, again, it's uh, well, you know, it, it's great to be out there and and just to watch them. I don't know how much you you really learn, but you know, I can tell you right now on the surface, uh, these three top defensive draft picks with the versatility we talked about. I just want to see him move. I want to see some East and West. I want to see some football instincts. And, yeah, I don't know that we'll uncover all that much, but it will be good to go out there and, and at least see what they're all about. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, this is a franchise that's had pretty good luck with undrafted guys. You know, when we talk about Alan Hearns and James Robinson and 
uh, you know, guys that have made an impact, maybe not on that level, but, you know, but, but have been solid players here. Uh, so that's always fun to get. Do you get an early sense of, you know, wow, this uh, surprising this guy wasn't drafted. And uh, so it, it should be a lot of fun, but all eyes are going to be on Trayvon Walker. And, you know, obviously we were there when Dante Fowler got hurt. So, you know, a, a big thing is to guys just make it out of this. OK, I mean, just 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 make it get out, get out healthy. Uh, if Trayvon Walker doesn't do a whole lot, I think that's fine for right now. Um, but it will be interesting to see how much uh, how much these guys are, are pushed and and what exactly they 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 show us and, and what they're doing. But I uh, but I can't wait to I, I'm also curious to see Devin Lloyd. He, he strikes me as somebody that when Devin Lloyd is practicing, everybody is going to know it because I think mm-hmm. he's, he's just got that kind of positive spirit. Uh, you know, infectious energy, and and I think he's going to be an unbelievable player here. So, I, you know, I I, I think it's going to be fun. You start to see personalities a little bit with these guys, and uh, obviously, so much is riding on them. Starting with uh, Trayvon Walker and uh, and Devin Lloyd. I mean, those two guys are, uh, if they're superstars, then this defense should really take a huge step forward over the next uh, several years. Yeah, that I think was it the 2014 draft class that had Bortles and Hearn, yes, and Robinson and okay that that draft class. I I I remember they had 49 kids out there because they they brought in some street free agents and uh, some guys just with a you know an opportunity to uh, maybe show them what they had and there were 49 49 young kids out there or young men out there and you could tell in the very first workout that Telvin Smith was a leader of the group Absolutely. and he was a fifth round selection. So that is important in that area that, you know, these guys study everything that, you know, who they eat with during lunch, who they have conversations with. Are they loners? Are they clowns? Are they, uh, are they leaders? Are they fall followers? Are they somewhere in between where they have enough respect to, to listen to veterans and not know it all? and know when to speak. So, yeah, it, it's important in a lot of those areas as well for the coaching staff to get an idea right out of the gate which guys they know they can trust, which guys they know have a great deal of work to do when it comes to the you know the mental, emotional side of all of that. So that'll be kind of cool as well to uh, get an idea. I mean, Trayvon Walker, you, you and I had a chance to meet him, seems like a real, in my opinion, kind of a quiet, humble uh, young man, can you expect him to be a fiery leader? Does he become that once he gets out on the football field? I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. Watching him at Georgia, I got zero indication as to you know what type of player he is and, and those type of scenarios. So that's going to make it even that much more fun to go out there and watch this weekend. Yeah, I really will. I can't wait to see it, and uh, it's good. It's good. It's getting a little closer. I, I know that uh, that we differ on that. I'm ready now. I know that that you're <laughs> you're you going to enjoy uh, all the uh, all the amazing things that uh, that 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 you love uh, paying attention to. But yeah, I can't wait to see him out on the grass, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. And, and once again, want to thank Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency for sponsoring Death Taxes and Duval. My buddy John Spicklemeyer, please give him a call four seven one seven one five five. If you haven't looked at your car insurance in a while you haven't checked out your policy have john give it a look i mean look he's he's gonna look at it, he's gonna say you know what you got a great policy i can't help you or he's gonna say you know what i might be able to help you here with some things but if you're looking to save money uh for your car insurance which you should absolutely do 
Give my buddy John Spicklemeyer a call. Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, 471-7155. Spicklemeyer is a hybrid. We can stick him on the edge in pass rush situations and uh, have him drop back in the coverage as well. Yeah. That's the type of things we can do with him. He could play now. He was uh, Times oh, Union yeah. Player of the Year back in the day. Uh, center for Bulls and uh, graduated in 94. We were in the same class and... Uh, he went on to play at Notre Dame and unfortunately uh, suffered an injury. And, and that was the Lou Holtz Notre Dame. Uh, that was uh, that was when Notre Dame really had it going. And uh, uh, yeah, just a great guy. And But yeah, absolutely. Let me tell you, John Spicklemeyer hit me a few times on the football field. Uh, I would want no part of that today, let alone, uh, yeah. let alone back then. So yeah, John could uh, certainly uh, help out the cause. All right, Hayes, we'll see you out there uh, Friday and Saturday out on the uh, practice fields. And uh, what, it's going to be over at Episcopal? They're going to do it on the, on the stadium. I, I don't even check I think yet. this is stadium. I think because they, uh, yeah. yeah, I think this will be at the stadium, but it is interesting that eventually they're going to move that. I guess maybe because there just aren't going to be that many guys would be my guess. Like when they go, you know, for That's the mandatory minicamp, they'll have the 90. Uh, but for this, I would imagine it's it's going to be, you know, what did they sign? They have seven draft picks and then 17 guys uh, that were undrafted free agents, right? So 24, and then maybe they, they have six guys that they either invite in or maybe guys that were on the team last year that never played. That, that they, they, 30 guys. So it, it is going to be at, uh, at the TIA Bank uh, practice f- facility uh, at least this weekend. But then we don't go back for like a week, so I don't know. At some point... They're going to have to move it to Episcopal, but I, I don't. I don't think this weekend uh, they do that yet. We'll see, uh, folks. Yeah. You want to comment on this or comment on anything that uh, you're interested in as far as rookie minicamp? Go ahead and hit us up. Um, Hayes Carline with you three to six each and every day. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, reach me out on Twitter at uh, Hayes Carline, and I come on right after Hayes at six. You can get me blue ten ten x. Hayes, have a great week. See you soon. The rest of you folks out there, we do appreciate you listening to Death, Taxes, and Duval. I want to be